Welcome to the Playing Hooky Podcast with your hosts, Rachel and Nathan, brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com, consistently rated adequate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Playing Hooky Podcast. I am Rachel. And Nathan is my name. Hello, Nathan. How are you? I'm good. I'm just fantastic. Thank well, you for asking. Of course. It's my pleasure. Well, mm-hmm. it's been uh, it's been a week. And um, one thing uh, I wanted to mention before we go into what we, we actually did this week. Okay. Um, I, I introduced you to another game. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Do you remember what game that is? Besides Skyrim? Yeah, yeah. Besides Skyrim. Besides Settlers of Catan. Catan? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's this game. I don't know what it's oh, called. Oh, the game. You introduced <laughs> me to the game. And now you're going to infect all, yes. all of our listeners so with the game. It's a game that you can play with all of the people that you love, too. I'm, a really, I'm really good at this game. And what the game is, is you try to put a song into someone else's head. Mm-hmm. With the least amount of like words sang. Do you right? remember? Do you remember the how you started playing this game with me? What you did? Yeah. So it was two I, words. I walked up and I. <laughs> and you thought you were so cool. You yeah, thought you. Yeah. I, I I was I was pretty confident. I was like mm-hmm. those like two words, man. This is like my go-to. Mm-hmm. And the. <laughs> Those two words are, it's been. <laughs> it's been. And then, <laughs> and then, like, the idea is, is you're trying to get the song stuck in people's head with as few words as possible, just like Nate just said. And I was just like, you son of a monkey. But there's, like, one, <laughs> there's one that you did. Oh, but I was like, I got it you. It was beat. so much better. It was mm-hmm. so much better. And I, like... Yeah, I I loved you because I was like, oh, that's so good. But I hated you because I hadn't thought of it. Yeah, and it also put the song in my head. Yeah, you guys ready for this? <laughs> I almost want to stand up. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry for what's about to happen to you, who's listening? Because if you thought yeah, it's been is bad, well, I got something to tell you. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, You're we're, welcome. we're sorry for that, but it's a game that you can play with people that you love, yeah. and you can put little songworms in their head. And, and... then Nate showed me the never-ending loop of, <laughs> you can't stop playing, and you don't stop, and you can't... <laughs> just look it up. You'll, you'll, you'll see it, what we're talking about yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, you'll fall, you'll fall into a YouTube hole of terrible songs. But anyway, um, somebody played Ooh. Settlers of Catan this week. Yeah. Sure did. Um, actually, both of us did. So, yeah, yeah. Um, that was kind of cool. And also, I got to introduce you to uh, a game that I uh, that has a very special place in my heart. And I've talked about it a little bit on other podcasts, and I talked about it last week. But I got to introduce you to Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And um, I think for me, mm-hmm. introducing you to Skyrim, it's a lot like... Um, you know, if you had a favorite food mm-hmm. and you were like, you know, I really love this one food and, so, you know, someone I care about has never had it before. And and what, you know, you 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 want to make sure you, your hope is that the person who eats that food isn't like, oh, yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. It, like, I would rather you be like, I don't like this than for you to be indifferent about it. Right. Okay. And. And that's just the way it is. Like, I, you know, I played the game so much. We we sat down a little bit. And you probably we, played that game more than some people have spent time with their children. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I probably have more time playing that game 
than a lot of people have like at actual jobs they've been working at for years, right? Because eight hours a day, five days a week, I don't really think that that's, I don't think that that's close to what I was doing for a while. For a while, yeah, yeah. Not I, consistently I, yeah, for years. I, so I had a habit where I would get off of work at like eight o'clock at night and I'd get home and I'd play Skyrim from like nine o'clock at night until three or four o'clock in the morning. And sometimes it got so bad that like, like for me, my bedtime at the time working second shift, my bedtime, my hard go to sleep time was three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you'd get deep into Skyrim and you'd be like, well, I could probably lose an hour or two of sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's during the week. Yeah. Right. And so during the week, basically I try to go for a hard stop at three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the weekends, I would just stay up until I was literally dozing off in front of the controller. And that's not an exaggeration. That's like there are humans alive where you can be like, hey, tell me about the times Nate would fall asleep playing Skyrim and they'll be able to tell you. And honestly, in my peer group at the time, it wasn't uncommon for people to fall asleep in front of their video games. I don't know what that says about us. But um, we we like. I think did... I know what that says about you. <laughs> yeah. I don't so, think I need to say it. <laughs> so, anyways, anyways, all joking aside, uh, we did a little bit of math, and at least for that, like the Xbox One version mm-hmm. of Skyrim, which I played the least in comparison to the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. I kind of did like a speed run. Did not at all. But what was it like? Six hundred and fifty hours or something yeah, like that. Yeah, six hundred and fifty hours, which is months. Right, and that's time. that's on the Xbox One. So, going back in time a little bit, this game came out originally for the three hundred and sixty for the PlayStation Three, uh, whatnot. Um, I believe in two thousand and twelve, mm-hmm. and so um, in the two thousand and twelve region, um, I played. Skyrim, I think on the primary character that I was playing on the 360, I probably put 850 hours, give or take, into the primary character. Mm -hmm. But I had at least three or four other characters where I, like, the minimum uh, playtime was about 200 hours. Okay. So, you know, we're talking a lot of time. Now, granted, it's over the course of many years, and even... On the Xbox One, I hadn't played this game since 2016, mm-hmm. so it had been almost two years since I played it. But mm-hmm. in, the t- in its time, like I was into Skyrim. Mm-hmm. So I could go deeper and uh, tell you some more impressive information about it, but yeah. I just want to know, like, <laughs> you, you had no experience with it, right? No, I knew what it was. I knew it was a game that had been out for a long time, um, and I, I never played it, though. Right. But I played other RPG video games. So, so um, what was your experience like playing it? Um, so I will say I have probably played it for about four hours, which is <laughs> right insignificant. Well, so so what was the what was the question that you asked me yesterday? You we were in the car and mm-hmm. you were like, "How long would you say a good amount of time?" Oh is yeah, I was played? like, I was like, "How long do you think I need to play it to get a better sense of?" Like to get to appreciate the game. And I, I think we were driving around and, and we were just kind of like talking ahead for the week and, you know, between work and podcasting commitments that Nate has and, and me sitting down to do this podcast. I was kind of trying to figure out like, what's, what's my schedule going to be? You know, nights where I got free time, what am I going to do? 
I was like, how long do you think I need to play the game to really get an appreciation for it? And it goes, 60 hours. And I was like, fuck <laughs> you. I'm not playing this 60 hours. That's going to take me like months to clock in 60 hours. Yeah. So So it, it turns out you and I have a very different life than just I had five years ago or even two years ago. Yeah. Right? We are much busier people. And so uh, playing video but games. a lot of that is self-inflicted. Yeah. I like, mean, it's because, all self-inflicted. Well, because, I mean, even just... We have jobs, right, so that we can pay bills right. and be adults. Right. All the other time that we fill is stuff that we want to do, that yeah. we're passionate about, that we have fun. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we both each have one job. We're in a unique position that we're very lucky that we don't, we no longer have to work two jobs to get by. There was a time in my life where that was not the case. Um, and so we, we don't have kids and, you know, we don't have a pet. Right. So all of our free time is essentially ours. And we fill most of our free time with things and activities and endeavors that are enriching to us that we really enjoy doing. Right, right. Not to say that time is wasted if you're playing Skyrim or a video game, but no. it's just like I got so much stuff I really like doing that I really want to do mm-hmm. that it was a bit of a task for me to find four hours to play a video game. Right. So when you were like 60, I was like, right. <laughs> no, no. And, um, and, <laughs> you know, anybody that's played Skyrim knows when I said 60, I was being very conservative, mm-hmm. right? 60 hours, I think is how much time you can spend just playing through the game and beating it. And I feel like you think you could beat the game in 60 hours. I could probably beat the game in 25 hours, well, but that's me. Yeah. Right. But, mm-hmm. but I feel like 60 hours is a, a, by the time you've put in 60 hours, you will have a full understanding of, of everything about the game. You'll mm-hmm. have started to work out strategies on how to level your character. You'll understand how the mining system works, how the crafting systems work, how magic works. Like, I think in 60 hours, right. you can get a full understanding of the game. Okay. I think you could probably do it in 40 hours if you're familiar with kind of like, if, if you have a deeper understanding of the game mechanics or you have prior experience with like, uh, you know, another Bethesda game. Bethesda games are pretty particularly unique in that they are very expansive Mm -hmm. and they typically have a lot of like tedious things you can get lost in. Mm -hmm. Another one of my favorite games is Fallout. Mm -hmm. Fallout 4 and Fallout 3 are both really brilliant, entertaining games. Fallout 4, you know, I was looking... And, you know, I had bragged about like, oh, yeah, my my 600 some hours playing this game. Mm-hmm. Like I, I when I stopped playing Skyrim, mm-hmm. it's because I went to Fallout. Mm. Like I didn't stop playing video games. Right. That's what's really important is that like my video game interactions, they for the last year have been pretty minimal. Right. Right. We, you know, we we kind of stepped up the whole podcasting game and. You know, we, we've been doing a lot of stuff for our, our patrons on Patreon for our other podcasts. And so that really, like, to me, I, I would rather dedicate my time and energy to those endeavors mm-hmm. because I feel that, like, when I do something, I have something to show for it. Right. right. A video game is just like a way to kill time and it's entertaining. It's right? fun. All gaming is just there for entertainment. But, like, now we've kind of worked ourselves into a situation where... You know, at least for me, when I want to sit down and play a video game, mm-hmm. I need to look at my schedule and be like, do I have anything going on? That right. I, could I be editing a podcast? Could I be creating artwork for a thing? Could I be updating the website? Could I be working on a game? You know, could I be doing something productive? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would rather do productive things. 
I don't begrudge people who play video games. No. But now when I play a video game, the first thing that comes to my mind is how can I turn this into something that is productive that I could share with other people, mm-hmm. you know, where it's not just me sort of like running in circles on a treadmill. So the video game thing has been a little lax. Right. But Fallout 4, I, I played that for like 850 hours. Yeah. Right. Like I've, I've done it all in that game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I didn't stop playing Skyrim and just not play anything. Mm-hmm. I just went to a different game. Right. With anticipation that, Someday there's going to be another Skyrim game that comes out or there's going to be another Fallout game that comes out and you may have to reassess, you know, Nathan. (laughs) 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 Because, um, you know, I decided like if I'm going to get the new Fallout game, I I want to make sure that I'm I'm like streaming it because at least then I'm playing the game for something. Mm -hmm. You know, I have I have a reason to do it. I'm sharing it with other people because you know, I really had a change of opinion about video games. I love them and they're very enjoyable, but I feel like to some extent they're kind of a waste of time. No. Yeah, I, I, but, you know, for some people yeah. that's just their their that's their chill. That's well, their Well, pretty much everything could be conceived as a waste of time depending on how you think it's important for you yeah, to spend right, your time. Right. And, and and I think what, what's really mm-hmm. the case is that my priorities have changed. That's but, fine. But Skyrim is something I spent a lot of fucking time on. Right. And it's one of those things that every once in a while I like to go, oh, you like Skyrim? Let's brag about it for a little bit. You know, while you were really heavy into Skyrim for this, you know, thousands of thousand plus hours you played it, I was also spending a lot of time doing something. I was in graduate school. <laughs> well, you know, I'm you not saying <laughs> I'm not saying one is more valuable than the other. Just society is saying. Well, that. they don't. They don't. They don't <laughs> give out. Um, they don't. They don't give out degrees for Skyrim. They should, though. So, um, just to give you, you folks, a, um, an understanding. Those of you that have played Skyrim, um, most of the systems they offer like an achievement system, right? And Skyrim is no different. Mm-hmm. And it's the one game that I've played where I, on the Xbox 360, I was able to get all the achievements for it. Uh, including the DLC achievements, so I've done I've done basically everything. If you use that as your your mark and measure, and I did it again on the Xbox One, so it's the only game I've ever completed one hundred percent twice. That's impressive, and I think you should just throw a baby in me real quick because <laughs> that's I think you've earned it. No, I'm just kidding. So let's um, let's let's talk about you and your experiences playing the game. Yeah, yeah. So what I'll say is that I made that snarky comment about grad school, but I'll say I spent thousands of hours doing something that drove me crazy, that made me unhappy, that made me miserable, that incurred me in a lot of debt. And you spent thousand plus hours doing something that brought you a lot of joy, that you had a lot of fun with, that you can look back on fondly mm-hmm. and say, oh, that was great. <laughs> so I, I drank a lot of Red Bull. You drank a lot of Red Bull. But you know what? You did something that made you happy. And now you can take what you got from that time mm-hmm. and apply it to something else. And, you know, if you stream it or whatever, or we're talking about it on a podcast right now. Right. And you've got Patreon people for the 25 Years podcast. And, you know, you're able to produce a lot of good entertainment. So all of that time I don't think was wasted. I think, you know, maybe maybe you could have maybe you could have gotten by with, you know, 800 hours of Skyrim. <laughs> maybe you didn't have to go for the full 1500, right? Yeah, it was just, you know, it was but, it was a time in my life where, you know, it was kind of like the perfect storm, yeah. you know. I, I was working a job that was kind of like 
you know, it was just rote, you know, yeah. it was just like every day was kind of the same thing and it wasn't really demanding. It, the way at the time in your life that you had to kind of maintain a work-life balance to keep you sane, to do a job that you hated yeah. was to come home, turn off your brain, turn on your creativity and have fun indulging in a world that yeah. was infinite, right? Yeah. You know, some people develop addictions to like the MMOs and, you know, they, they go on and they play and, and it's, you know, there's a, there's a different world there that you, you kind of like, you know, you're like, oh, I need to make this awesome sword. And well, now I have a goal and that is to mine all the iron ore I can find mm-hmm. and all the leather that I can get off a of hunting. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to sit out here and I'm going to grind out hundreds of daggers just, you know, I have this little joke that I talk about how most video games nowadays, mm-hmm. they definitely seem like they're training you for really menial jobs <laughs> because it's like, instead of, instead of like going and training and getting like, a, you know, a knowledge of, uh, you know, like an architecture degree or something like mm-hmm. that, you're going home and playing a game where basically you're smashing rocks all day. Yeah. It's like that used to be someone's terrible, terrible life. And mm-hmm. now you're doing it in a video game. You're like, pretending. Yeah. Right. You know, to the point where it's like, it's typical in a fantasy game. Like you're going to spend a lot of time mining. Mm-hmm. You're going to spend a lot of time fabricating materials. And it's like, that's, that's what people had to do every day of their yeah, life, you know? Yeah. So it's, I, I just, I always found it funny that like most modern games require you to do things that it's like you're training for a shitty job. Right. But, um, so anyway, back yeah. to, um, my experience in the game. So before I talk about my experience with Skyrim, I'll just briefly touch on my experience with role-playing games and video game format. So, um, when I was a girl, I had a PS one and then a PS two, uh, Oh, Nathan's frowning because there's no coffee. Do you want some tea? <laughs> no, that's okay. Okay. I don't know what we were saying, but... All right. So you uh, you had your your uh, video game cred mm-hmm. starts with the PlayStation 1, the PlayStation 2. Right. And I played, you know, several role-playing games. Probably the game I had the most hours in on was Final Fantasy VII. I, I don't know for sure how many hours I played on it, but I do recall it was somewhere between like 120 and 150. Yeah. I, I know I was well over 100, Yeah, um, which is, I always thought, a lot of it, time. It, and to be fair, like I, I feel like this needs to be stated. That is a lot. Yeah. Right? 100 hours or 120 hours played in a game mm-hmm. is a lot of time. Yeah. Right. That's a game you got your money's worth. Right. So that was probably like the big game for me um, back when I was playing games a lot. Another game that I really, really loved when I was in if, high school. Before I forget, can I share with you a secret that's probably going to annoy the shit out of some people here in the room? Or in Just the room, me? Listening, yeah, listening to the podcast? Yeah, yeah. What? I've never played a Final Fantasy game. I mean, that's okay. Seven is really, in my opinion, the only one. Seven is, uh, I've played some of the ones after Seven, and they could, like you can never go home again. They can yeah. never capture the spirit of fun. I think yeah. it has the best story, um, in my opinion, of the yeah, ones I, I've played. Now, I know Final Fantasy Seven because at the time when Final Fantasy Seven came out... I feel like that coffee machine is really loud. It probably is. And if you guys can hear that, we're really sorry. But there's coffee brewing. And yeah. you, you, get to, you get to experience all the ambiance of our home. Yeah. You get to experience everything that's annoying about a podcast. Except for the smells. Yeah, you don't get the smell. You don't get the smells. So anyways, um, when Final Fantasy VII came out, I did not 
um, I didn't have a video game system. Mm-hmm. So my video game system is a little, or my my history of systems is a little weird. We'll go. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, I didn't have one at the time, so right. I basically got to watch my friends play video games. Okay. And Final Fantasy VII is a game. My friends played a lot, so I know the whole story right, of it. Right, right. So Final Fantasy VII was big. The other game that I played a lot of was a game called Medieval. And it was, I think it was for PS2. Might have been on PS1, but I definitely think it's PS2. And it was kind of a fun role-playing game. There was, a, the main character's name was Sir Daniel Fortescue. And the, the premise behind it being that he was a hero who died uh, in ruin and kind of an embarrassing death. And then he's resurrected to deal with a wizard and um, the Hall of Heroes gives him a chance to kind of uh, redeem himself and destroy the wizard who's attacking, attacking, pardon me, the, the, his ancient village. Um, and it's, it's very cartoony, it's very fun, but it was kind of challenging. So that was another game that I played a lot many, many times. Um, I got out of playing video games when I got to college um, just because of time like kind of like you do now like occasionally I'd pop on the PlayStation and I'd play an hour or so of like Tony Hawk or something like or driving game I love racing games because they're really fun but they're also like you don't have to really get involved in a story and then I did hawk my PlayStation in college for grocery money because I was like I can play video games or I can eat next week right so I did that Um, you know Desperate times called for desperate measures. And then I kind of got out of it for a while, but I had a PC, so I did play some PC games. Um, It was around this time that um, Vampire Bloodlines came out. Uh, I played Bloodlines a bunch. I think I played through and beat the game with most of the uh, clan types that you can play in that game. So I've beaten that game... I've beaten that game a bunch of times. I've played it for about five minutes. Because you're a big pansy and you're like, I don't like the graphics. <laughs> I don't like the graphics I, in look, this old some, game. At some point in time. You're going to have to. I am going to go back and play it. However, um, yeah, so my my video gaming um, experiences are are probably pretty similar to yours in, in the context of which you explained it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was a kid, I got my f- Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. And um, it was kind of uh, one of those things that was highly regulated at my house. Yeah. So it was kind of like uh, I only would ever get to play for like an hour or two at a time, you know, maybe a couple days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it would be like on the weekends. And so a lot of times I'd go to friends' houses and I... I, I did a lot of video game watching yeah, I because, did too. Um, you know, they have video games, they want to play them. And I was never particularly entertained by watching other ple- people play video games, but that's just kind of how it was. And um, at some point, um, uh, like, you know, years went by and, and that was pretty much the only video game system that my parents were ever like willing to, to purchase for us. Mm-hmm. Um, then, um, when I was like in my teen years, I had gotten a PlayStation mm-hmm. and, um, you know, played some games and really enjoyed it. But like the games that I enjoyed were always like the really violent, like, like Grand Theft Auto games. Like I really enjoyed yeah, those. Yeah, I, I played a lot of Grand Theft Auto as well. Yeah. And uh, I played them on the PlayStation a bunch. My brother had a Dreamcast. My brother's seven years younger than me. So by the time, like, you know, he was like video game age mm-hmm. appropriate. Um, you know, I was already starting to like, you know, I, I, I was getting near the time where I was like moving out. You right. Know? Um, but so I got to play some Dreamcast. I really enjoyed like Dave Mira, BMX and, and some other games on the PlayStation. But 
at that time I was kind of, I was already getting out of games. Right. You know, I, I, I had played a lot of Super Nintendo games at friends' houses. So like the classic Zelda and the Metroid and like all the, all the Super Nintendo games were like, like those are kind of the games that I love, but I never owned a Super Nintendo myself. That was mm-hmm. all somebody else's stuff. And I'd go and play and whatever. But I had a PlayStation, sold the PlayStation. And that was at like, I don't know, 19, 18 years old I sold it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by that time I was into like tabletop role playing and I was really into LARPing. And so I had just kind of given up video games. Yeah. And I didn't get another video game system until PlayStation 2. And I only bought that because Grand Theft Auto 3 had come out. Yeah. And I loved that game so much. Mm-hmm. I saved up my money and bought a PlayStation 2. And that was the only game I ever owned on the system mm-hmm. was Grand Theft Auto 3. And then uh, I had that and I would play it every once in a while, but I wasn't like super into it. Um, at, the, at the time, a lot of the friends that I hung out with and hanging out with Bob and a lot of those people, they started to play uh, Halo on the mm-hmm. Xbox, the original Xbox. And some people had it and it was like the big, big thing, but I, right. I just didn't care. Like I wasn't into video games that much at the time. And so I never had like a PlayStation 3 or an Xbox, but I watched them play a couple of times. And then uh, probably about 11 years ago, Bob had moved in and Bob has always been a huge video gamer. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't super into it, but he had like Halo 3, I think had just come out. And yeah, I was like, oh, this looks fun. And so I started playing Halo 3 with him. And, you know, you could have two people play on an Xbox. And we probably did that for about a year before mm-hmm. I was finally like, you know what? I need to just get my own Xbox so I can play on my own system in my in my own room mm-hmm. instead of, like, having to sit here and play on a split-screen TV. Like, that's so annoying. And so, um, actually, I think my first 360 was a hand-me-down from Bob because he had bought a new one. So mm-hmm. I had, like, a second you know, like a, an older Xbox, um, uh, Xbox 360. And I played that. And that's when I just like, once I had my own system, I kind of like fell into first person shooters for mm-hmm. a really long time. So Halo and Call of Duty and all of those games and really got into them. Mm-hmm. But by then I was kind of like, I was gaming, right? right? I was I was playing video games full time. So it's kind of like I fell into it. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, oh, this game looks cool. And this game looks cool. And before he knew it, like, if you compare like my video game achievements mm-hmm. with my peer group, I'm way low at the bottom. Right. Right. My game, my desire to game and my, my need to be successful at a game is really super slim, super small. A lot of games I play, I play them for a couple hours. I lose interest. I move on. Mm-hmm. The first-person shooters, for a while, that was a really big thing for me, but they, they were so stressful, and they just, like, it was always people bitching and yelling, and it was really kind of, like, got to the point where it was a little toxic, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, I kind of had a moment of realization. Was this when you kicked the fan in? No, that's actually a different game, okay, and sorry. I don't appreciate you bringing that up. No, <laughs> um, but uh, no. So that was that was a that was a fighting game. Yeah, you can you can hear all about that on Nerd Words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no. So so basically, I, I had this, uh, and that was a contributing factor for sure. But I had this realization. I was like, you know, if I come home from work, mm-hmm. and all I'm doing is I'm like I'm getting stressed out because of these games. Mm-hmm. Like that defeats the purpose of having something you use to relax. Right. And so I liked the 
the visualization, like the appearance of a first person shooter, like I liked how that worked, but I just couldn't find a game that wouldn't cause me to stress the fuck out every time I played it Mm -hmm. because it was so ultra competitive. And then Skyrim came out and it was like, instead of guns, I have like swords and magic and bows and arrows and crossbows and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I can play it at my own pace. Mm -hmm. I'm not competing against somebody else. Right. You know, and I was like, this would be cool if I could do it with my friends, but it's also really cool that I'm doing it by myself. And it's a game where you're just exploring, right? Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto 4, like all like those types of games where I can just get in mm-hmm. and sort of just explore at my own pace and like really go wherever and do whatever I want. And there's no like clock timing me and I'm not running against, you know, those are the games that I really like. And so that kind of like is how my gaming kind of like laid out. That's how my video game play came about. Cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, um, so my experience with Skyrim, um, I I will say that because I had played some role-playing video games in the past, um, the muscle memory as far as what I needed to do was pretty familiar. Like, there's a story, I need to go talk to this person, I need to find this item, I need to fight this monster to get it. Um, there's a puzzle element to it and it, it wasn't too hard to figure out. There were a couple things that like, I was like, I don't, what, what's this? And Nate's like, oh, you do this, this, and this. And I was like, how did you figure this out? How long did it take you? And he's like, I looked it up online. I'm like, that's honestly what I would have done too. I would have looked it up online. Um, but I didn't really encounter that many times, um, where I was like, got stuck on something in the game. Um, it was more, the only part of the game that I had trouble with were because most of my experience is either from PC gaming or from PlayStation. The controls were a little bit different than what I was used to. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the buttons are kind of less intuitive to me just because I'm used to playing on a PlayStation or that's what I kind of grew up, quote, grew up playing on. Um, also, I'm not a huge fan. I can't, I cannot play this game in first person, so I had to take it to third person, which is fine. That wasn't a problem. But I did have a little bit of trouble with the camera angles. Um, navigating that, I think it took me about two and a half, three hours to really get comfortable with like where my head was and right. and operating both the left and the right toggle at the same time. I don't know how much of that is me and my lack of experience or just like my brain getting confused with which side of my body is doing a thing. Yeah. Like that could be just a right. Rachel problem, no, honestly. I, I, I don't think that it is. I think that for a lot of people, like if you've never played the game before, like using your fingers mm-hmm. – to move forward and adjust the camera angle, mm-hmm. that can be very difficult. And, yeah, it's, and, it takes a little bit of coordination yeah. that just takes practice. Uh, and uh, so I think that um, it's the, the most common things I've heard from people is I can't, like, the first person makes me nauseous or I can't figure out first person. So go, moving to third person is their preference. Yeah. Uh, me, I'm, I'm the opposite. Uh, I cannot figure out the depth of mm. third person. And I'm only effective at it in first person. Yeah. I can't like third person completely takes me out of it. So yeah, I but but I like that the game has that option. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one of those things like if you play Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto is a default third person, but in the newer version of the game, you can switch to first person. And what's weird is in Grand Theft Auto, I prefer it in third. Mm-hmm. Playing it in first person, driving 
creates this different dynamic and it just doesn't make sense for me. However, in Skyrim, I can't do third person at all. Mm. I can't. I, I, I'll be swinging at nothing. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know where they're at. But yeah. first person, for whatever reason, that's just and, – and I believe it's because of my first person shooter experience. Right. That's probably why it's easier for me. Mm-hmm. Could be. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, but I, I was fine once I was in third person. I had a lot of fun playing the game. In fact, if we have time tonight before bed, I, I might want to play it a little bit more. Um, I, I definitely liked it. I liked the storyline. I've always enjoyed high fantasy, so that was definitely appealing to me. I've played a bit of um, – fallout mm-hmm. and i actually think i like this better mm-hmm. um so I, if i had to choose between the two because i know you like both of those games i would probably choose skyrim mm-hmm. um but i really enjoyed it I like the storyline um i'm kind of i love to play dress up uh-huh. <laughs> i really like i played the sims and i never really played the the scenarios out or like the people or like played God or built houses. I kind of mostly just created people and dressed them in the way that they looked. So I had to sort of police myself in character creation, not to spend a long time just making my character look perfect and exactly the way I want, you know? So that was, that was fun. But, um, well, I will say, I don't know how much of this is just like we have a smaller TV Mm -hmm. or how much of it is maybe you have the game already adjusted but I thought it was really, really dark. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where it's really hard to see things. Um, and I don't know how much of that is by design, as that's yeah. part of it. But that was one thing where I was just like, man, I understand that it's nighttime. I get it that I'm in a dungeon, but I can't fucking yeah. see my character. So, so um, here's what I did, because um, I noticed that too. Um, and I think, I think it's probably really dark because we're in a different space than what I had played it in at home. Mm -hmm. Like back when I lived in Chicago, Right. Um, this is my home now. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But uh, back in my old apartment, which I lived at for 10 years, the TV was a foot away from my face. Right. So now, you know, we're like in a normal human being adults home, there's a couch and a table and a place where the TV's at. And Mm -hmm. it's much further away. Um, So what, what I did, because I noticed that when I loaded up the game, I hadn't played it in so long. I was just like, wow, this is really fucking dark. Mm-hmm. So I went to the settings and I took for, for my game and I jacked the the light yeah. way up because again, I'm going through like I'm like, you know what would really help in this in this scenario? Mm-hmm. A headlamp on my on my freaking rope. Yeah, I was I trying to figure out a way of like do I was like, do I have to be holding a torch? Like if I'm holding a torch, does that make <laughs> yeah. this better? I was like, <laughs> but there's like does. I'm trying to fight skeevers yeah. and I can't. Yeah, you I just to... you just gotta change the, yeah. the setting. So okay, that's yeah. good. So maybe I'll do that in anyway. like, yeah. this TV's kinda you know, it's a little whack anyways. It's, it's like kinda a, small. Yeah, it's a I little mean, like twenty three inch TV. It, and... it fits our space though, and yeah. honestly we don't really we don't play a lot of video games, we don't watch a lot of TV, it's not a huge yeah, deal. No. Um Pardon me. So anyway, um, I liked it. I'm really glad you shared it with me. Just listening to you talk about it and kind of like your experience playing the game and how how much time you spent with it. Um, like I'm not trying to make fun of you, but it's it's serious time. No, no, it's, it's and I'm, okay. And I'm really glad that you shared it with me because like, I, you know, as we said in the first episode, like we want to share things with each other so we can try to understand each other better. And man, like this is a huge time chunk chunk of time in your life (laughs) and 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 so i want you to know that i like the game yeah i want to continue to play the game as i have time yeah and uh you know thank you for for showing it to me well and i think that's that's probably the goal of of any any like video game right like you know when you become kind of like 
an adult mm-hmm. in the traditional sense that like you, you don't have a lot of spare time. You do want something that you can occasionally like fall back on when you do have spare time. Right. right. And and I think that that's the really healthy way to do it. And, you know, I'm in that position now, too. Would mm-hmm. I sit down tonight and play six hours of Skyrim? No. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, I've tried to sit down and play video games and they just don't have the same ability to to capture me. However, I like the fact that, you know, you're like, oh, I'm playing some Skyrim. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome that like Sun- it was so Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So, right. so so Saturday night he got me started and then you work on the weekends. So Sunday, you know, I was just texting you and I said something to you. I don't remember what it was. And, you know, text me back and you're like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm playing Skyrim. I'm set, I set my timer so I could only play it for an hour because I got other stuff I want to do. And I know exactly what you mean because you can lose time in these games when you're doing something fun. The same thing happened to me when I was playing Bloodlines. The same thing happens to me when I get really engrossed in a game. It happens to me when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Time flies by like before I know it it's three hours later so I set an alarm on my phone so I would only play for like an hour and a half um that's part of the reason why we ate dinner so late on Sunday (laughs) to be honest is because I I didn't uh listen to my alarm as well as I should have so um but I I had a lot of fun and I'll definitely continue to play it as I have time um so transitioning uh, we talked about mining and Skyrim and building crafts and, and, and getting different resources and how you could spend a lot of your time in that game building things and making things just to get achievements. And building things and making things and resources, that's that's like another game that we played this week. Yeah, uh, it's very much like Settlers of Catan. Yeah, Catan. Like- is it Catan? I it have Catan? always called it Settlers of Catan. I feel like Settlers of Catan is also appropriate. I feel like I only it's, call it Settlers of Catan because of the geographic location in which I grew up. There's a be. lot of long A's where I grew yeah, up. Yeah, so you, you, we played that Settlers of Catan <laughs> we played, game. We played Settlers of Catan. Did you have uh, Polly P- Padalewski come over? Um, and, uh, no, I had his cousin Steve. Steve, Steve, Steve Padalewski came by. Steve Padalewski. You know, we just, uh, we, you know, uh, we're going to go uh, to the north side right. next week. Okay. Um, get some bratwurst. Some bratwurst. Some bratwurst. And people I, people I, think that's like an exaggeration. No, I, I don't think, but what they can't see is probably like we're really talking with our hands you, a lot. You gotta, you gotta you, take up as much space as your words you're, you're, do. You're taking up a lot of verbal space yeah. and a lot of physical space. And like that, that is a guy, right? right. That that character, that's a guy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's hundreds of guys. Yeah. That live in the suburbs, that have really hard to pronounce Polish last names, yeah. that love to drink beer, yeah. that go out to the bar, you know, or to go to the, yeah. some, sometimes they go to the bar. His name is Polly Shavisky, and it's spelled with a K. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, like these are people that exist. They're yeah. not, they're not just funny stereotypes. There's a lot of Polish people in Chicago. And some of them are Irish. Some of them are like O'Malley or Rourke. Some right. of them are, you know, Polish Irish. Right. It's all according to what Catholic church you grew up going to, really. And look, they come they come in a couple of different styles. Of course, some of them work for the, you know, they work for the public works. Some of them... Uh, they work for the public works. Some of them work for the public works. Right. Some of them are police and fire, you know, yeah. more power to them. A lot of them are contractors. Right. You know, they're like, you know, they, and these are guys... You know, they got red faces, but God damn it, they're going to be out there in coveralls uh, or, you know, shoveling snow. Yeah. God, God bless them. 
You know, what are you yeah. going to do? What are you going to do? You know, yeah. that's what anyways. Sorry. Yeah. You guys <laughs> don't know how much that happens like regularly where Nathan and I will just break out into accents of white people. <laughs> We've limit. We, we will. We'll pull out the Russian, the British, the Chicago native, mm-hmm. the New I've, Zealander, the Australian. Uh, yeah, you can you can do accents of other white people. Yeah, That's acceptable. Yeah. Right, so I've been told this is acceptable, and I've accepted that. Yeah. I you and, know. and luckily, there's lots of white people accents. And, you could and, do an Afrikaans accent, and, and very and very funny. Mm. But my favorite is from where I'm from. Oh, because right? it's so over the top, but so real. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just the the whole like like weird <laughs> like like. That's uh, uh, Tommy Subcheck, yeah. you know, like, yeah. and it's, <laughs> it's it's spelled always, with a Z and yeah. an X and a Y, and you're yeah. like, what the fuck even is that? That's not a name. That's no. a, a sneeze. Yeah. So we we derail. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, settlers of Catan, Catan, whatever. Settlers of Catan. Settlers of Catan. Like Chris so, Catan. Uh. Yeah, but spelled with a C. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'll tell you a little bit about kind of my background with this game and how I got into it. Yeah. Um. And then maybe, you know, you could kind of like explain how you've gone so long without playing it. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I'm a opinionated asshole who, anyways. Yeah, go, anyway. Uh, so so I, I was in college and undergrad, so that's probably like 1920. And I was just hanging out with some friends. I don't remember who introduced me to it, but somebody, it was like after Christmas break, we came back for the semester. Someone that I knew had brought the game back with them after Christmas break, and we were all getting together to play board games and they're like hey there's this game that i found out about settlers of Catan," and ah, it's just so fun and this was before now you can go to any big box store and get it this was before then this was when it was still like you had to be like a hardcore board game nerd who was into german style board games to like know that it existed right Is there a german style board game i didn't know that that was a thing yeah so your carcassonne your settlers of Catan, um kind of these these Bigger, longer, chunky piece kind of board games. Yeah. Um, Ticket to Ride kind of evolved out of that as well. Have you ever played that? I no, I've never heard of any of this. Okay, so so we've got some more yeah. homework we can do. Well, yeah, on I, you. I I didn't know. Um, just as a quick aside, like I didn't know like board gaming was like such a big deal until just a couple of years ago. Right. right? So my experience was just like book, paper, we'll travel, give me dice. Like right. that was it. Yeah. So actually, that's kind of funny. So I played Settlers of Catan. It kind of opened up a door to me, of of board gaming, and because I've said this many times. Um, on different podcasts and to you, but I really wanted to play role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games when I was yeah. younger. I just never had a peer group that was into that. Yeah. Um, so I did have some books and I read them and I was like always like ready to play. Could never find a peer group who did it. Didn't make those connections with like the right group of people when I was an undergrad who was who were into tabletop role-playing games. I know they existed. I know they were out there. I just never found them. Um, but then when I found kind of the board game geeks, I was like, okay, these are my people. And then, so after I graduated and got, you know, continued on or whatever, I started getting more and more into board games. And when I was in my master's program, I had a really good friend, um, who was also kind of geeky and nerdy and he was into board games and he introduced me to, uh, my Gen Con buddy, uh, Jason, Jason, if you're listening, hi. Uh, who lives in Missouri, and we only see each other once a year, and it's always at Gen Con, but he and he and Imran were, were longtime buddies. And um, so one year, Jason and Imran went to Gen Con here in Indianapolis. 
And they're like, you should come. I was like, okay, I mean, I didn't go. But they went and they were volunteering at a booth. Um, so they got discounted tickets or something like that. Uh, they were like working a booth. And I went and hung out with them every night afterwards. And we would just play board games at Imran's place. Mm-hmm. And we had so much fun. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is it. The next year I went to Gen Con for the first time. And I was like, these are my people. I was like, I've found my people. Um And so I went every single year after that. And like, for me, Settlers of Catan was my path to finding my like people, my friend group. Um, It's what enabled me to kind of break outside of that. Like, I'm just going to study all the time and that's going to be my life. And I'm going to be school. That's how Rachel got her groove back (laughs) with Settlers of Catan. So it's a really super fun game. For those of you who've never played it, because I kind of learned yesterday that there's lots of people who've never played it. Uh, well, obviously, there's lots of people who've never played it. But for those of you who are kind of more nerdy inclined or nerd curious who've never played it, um, it's kind of like taking some of the strategy from Risk, but none of the boring hours and hours and hours of play, but some of the initial setup strategy of Risk. And then there's a... a chance element that comes in that is reminiscent of Monopoly. And one thing that I've found with people who find this game and really enjoy it, um, people who really like gambling Mm -hmm. or poker or games that have like a a really good mesh of strategy and chance that require you to be able to think quickly and adapt to change because you can't control how the dice are rolled, but you can make decisions based on the outcome of the dice that affect your progress and your ability to win the game, right? So a lot of people find it challenging in that way, even though it's a pretty simple game to learn and it's relatively easy to play. Um, So I really like it. So you had heard of it before. Why why wasn't it something that you ever kind of sought out? Well, so I, I of course, had heard of it because... Um, you know, I've been going to Gen Con for a number of years and, um, for a while I was very, uh, unwilling to kind of step outside of, of like my current interest, right? Like if it wasn't Vampire the Masquerade, if it wasn't like Shadowrun, I don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, you know, it, it was just a, a period of time. And you that's were just, just like, I like what I like. I got enough stuff. Right. I was like, whatever, I'm about this. And this is really important. And I'm very serious about it. Well, whatever. Um, you know, that was just my thing. You know, I'm, I'm a very particular person. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, maybe to, to a fault. Um, but so when I first heard about it, I don't know how long it's been out. But when I first heard about it. Yeah, I don't um, either. I think it's, I really don't know. It's been out for a l- long time, though. Um, yeah. But I first heard about it around... 2003, 2004. Yeah. A lot of people are really into like anything that's high fantasy or like, you know, like vaguely medieval or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like from from like a bygone era. And I'm just, you know, I, I for, for a while, I was just very dismissive of anything that was like that. I was um, like unwilling to explore anything that wasn't like modern fantasy. Could you say that Skyrim kind of inoculated you and prepared you for well, some I, of these? Things? I would say it definitely was a contributing factor in me, sort of like lightening the fuck up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you know, it's just like as you change and you grow, like yeah. you're you're. When I was a kid. I I was uh, I was very willing to play like your Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. and like anything that was like different I was about and as I got older I got more into like you know my own thing and 
you know, my tastes narrowed. Right. And as I've gotten older, I've gone, well, you know, these things are fun too. But mm-hmm. anyways, I, at the time when I'd heard of it, I was just like, yeah, whatever that is, I don't know, but I'm not into it. Yeah, And you then, you, and then I, I, was this part of your mindset as time went on? It's like, well, everybody likes that. It couldn't be cool no, if everyone you know, likes not, it. Not in, the, not in that regard. Like, there, I think that the problem was nobody in my friend group was um, into it enough to, like, bring it to the table. Right. And, and shame on them. I don't think anybody in my friend group really played it. So but, your friend group is more like... RPGs, LARPs, video games, but it seems like you have at least one or two friends who are more into board games now. More now, yeah. yeah. It's like like we I think we kind of like came late to the ball, you know, like we we ball, didn't right. really like for us board games were still like we would sit down and we would play like um Vampire the Eternal Struggle. Okay. Or yeah. like L5R. I think for my group it was like tabletop games mm-hmm. and LARPing. And then if we didn't have anything planned or we didn't have anything going on we'd play card games Mm -hmm. and so we never really had like a board game night because like our board game night was like role-playing night like books and dice and so um there are a lot of people who like collect board games but we just never it's kind of like a a weird mixed group right Mm -hmm. and the only thing that i knew about it was that it involved like resources i'd see Mm -hmm. people at gen con and they'd have like the little ribbons on their thing but i was like i don't know what that is and i don't really care like you know it was kind of like something that was growing and getting big and popular uh beside me i didn't know what was going on so i never you know never gave it a thought and then um actually the first time i played it was with you and you know i was like oh she's got a couple of those games i i think i like made mention like i never played that Mm-hmm. And you were like, oh, let's play it. And so the first time I played it was actually like the night that I moved here. I played it with was you. It? Oh, yeah, yeah. With me and Justin and uh, who played else it with was you it? and Chris Tyke. I don't, Chris Tyke was here was and here? Justin was here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, that was the first time I got to play it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is fucking fun. It's fun. It is so fun. Yeah. Right. And it's like anything else. Like if you're if you're a really into like gaming, a board game can be just a board game. Right. But. It, you, I think you've known me long enough to know anytime I play a game, mm-hmm. I'm going to get into it to the point where like, I may not be like playing from a logical Nate perspective, right? Like, <laughs> like, you know, if, if, if you ever see me play Monopoly, like an hour in mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I'm playing a role, yeah. right? Like I'm not even, I'm not. <laughs> You're the railroad baron from 1924. Right, right. You know, and so like that, that's just like, that's how I get into things, right? Like I... I kind of get into them and I lose myself to like the whimsical nature of what a game is. And, mm-hmm. and like this game is really ridiculously fun. Right. Like I really enjoy it. And like, it's a game that I want to go out and get my own box and mm-hmm. like we can, we can share boxes. And um, so I, I had played that one time and it was, it was fun and I won. And you so did that win. Was, yeah, yeah. And that was won. even more fun. Um, but then we went last night and we played with, people that we had never met before uh-huh. and we played with um, someone we met through the other podcast. Right, Chris. Yeah, and he had never played either, but uh-huh. he knew the rules. Yeah, and so he, it was like his game that he brought. Yeah, he brought his his game. Um, he'd never played it before. Maybe it was a gift or something. I'm not sure. But he'd read the rules and he has like a photographic memory. So he knew the rules. But I was really the only person there that had any kind of degree of experience. Nate had played one other time. I think the other two people 
were familiar, but they'd not played before. Right, but we had never played with them because we'd never met them before. Right, right. So it was fun. We got to meet some new friends. Yeah. And we went to this really fun brewery that's in downtown Indy where there was lots of wide open space. And there was like a little like fantasy soccer thing that was wrapping up. Yeah. And they had, you know, beer on tap and they let you bring in outside food and they let you play board games. So we had a good time. So we got together and I explained the rules and um, everyone's on board and um, I think I did a pretty decent job explaining the rules, and um, yeah, we just jumped in, and we had a really good time, and if you've never played Settlers of Catan before, um, we had five players, so I believe that we were playing with part of an expansion, and the more players you have on the board, the more challenging it can be, because yeah. you're fighting for, you're not fighting, but you're you're struggling to get resources so you can build roads, so that you can expand your settlement, so you can build more settlements so that you can turn those settlements into cities. And each settlement and each city that you build, and you know if you have a big army, if you have a big road, you get victory points. And yeah. so you play up to 10 victory points. And usually a game will last about an hour, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, depending on how lucky the dice rolls yeah. are. So, so. I, I, have a, I have an idea, mm -hmm. um, and feel free to um, approve or decline. I think we should bring this when we go up to Chicago. Because oh, like yeah. I think this is a game that like it's easy enough to learn that I think not to call my parents stupid, but I think that they they could like find enjoyment in, mm -hmm. and it's easy enough to learn where they're, they're it's not like they have to invest hours to like learn how to play the game. Right, I would say if you've ever played Monopoly, mm -hmm. you can play Settlers of Catan. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you don't. It's such an easy game to learn, and it is. It seems like it has a lot of pieces and parts, but it really doesn't. So anyone who's never played it before. You don't need to have like an ambassador who's played it before to no, teach you. You could no. pick it up, and in worst case scenario, you you know YouTube a quick startup and and you've got it. It's yeah. it's super fun. It's super easy. I'd, I'd, the ages are on the box, but really anyone can play yeah. it. I mean, I'll tell you this much. I feel like I've missed out deeply by not playing this game because this game is very simple mm -hmm. and it's a game that. Um, I feel like most people could pick up and learn and have a really good time playing within the first 20, 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a very difficult game to understand. Mm -hmm. And like it's 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 fun because the game is different every time. Right. However, mm -hmm. I feel like based on only my two experiences playing the game <laughs> – that whoever controls the sheep controls the map. Uh, <laughs> I got I got very lucky with the sheep last yeah. night, and I had a sheep port. So basically, what that meant was was I was able to turn my resources, all the sheep resources I had, into other resources mm -hmm. very very quickly. Right, I feel to like win you, the game. If you control the sheep, you control the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I just got really lucky with how I I set up set up my settlements to begin with. But I think it's a good idea. And the other cool thing about Settlers of Catan, and you've seen this because I do have one of the expansions. Um, you got like a boat one, right? Yeah, the Seafarers of Catan. So basically you can play Settlers of Catan a lot and get really good at it. And you may be like, oh, well, it's a little too easy. Well, the good news is, is there's tons of expansions. And each expansion, and you don't need the expansions by any means to play, but each expansion adds another degree of difficulty, another different element to explore. So there's a seafarers one where you can travel to nearby islands by building shipping routes. There's a cities and nights one. And I've played that one time. And honestly, that was about as complicated as I like my board games. I have some friends right. that like board games that are so complicated. Yeah. 
It's just yeah, the, the barrier to entry is too high. So I, I would say um, I am very willing to play those because um, to, like so back in the day when I used to have my gaming group back mm-hmm. when back in my hometown where I grew up, um, you know, we would do like the D&D. We would do, you know, whatever game mm-hmm. anybody had, we would play Well, every once in a while. We nobody would have like a campaign that they wanted to run, so we would just have like a board game night, and mm-hmm. we would play. I couldn't even tell you the names of them, but these are like old D and D style, right? Like, but they're board games, but they're from back in the day. And people right. listening might know what right. I'm talking about, but um, they were very complex. And I enjoy a complex game mm-hmm. as long as somebody there knows the rules and I can kind of follow right. along. Yeah. You know, I I love to play a complicated game of Axis and Allies. Like right. I, I I enjoy, you know, four, five, six hour games. I don't mind it, right? But, but it's not my favorite right. thing. Like it's not I'll a casual play, thing. It's not a casual thing. And like I like Arkham Horror. Like mm-hmm. a, I have a friend yeah. group here. We've gotten together. We played Arkham Horror. Super fun. The only problem I have when we're playing those games is that inevitably alcohol gets involved. Right. And what could have been a four-hour game turns into a six to an eight-hour right, game right, right. because it's some there's like you get like an hour in and then for the rest of the game there's a point where yeah. there's only there's not more than one sober right. person at a well, time. And, you know what? Like for me, I, I recommend like if you want to play those those like deeply complex games, like you know, schedule a weekly gaming night. Yeah, I I really am a huge advocate. I'm a major proponent of one night a week having a gaming night with Mm -hmm. your friends Mm -hmm. i definitely like i you know i still do it on saturdays with my friends back home um you know and whenever we can schedule time we do it now i don't think that i could do it more than once a week i really don't like just with time and being an adult and doing podcasts and doing whatever i just don't think we could do it more than one night a week but i will say i think settlers of Catan is a if you have a family yeah. it's an awesome family game and if your kids are still a little bit younger they do make a version that's for smaller children mm-hmm. as well so i think having a once a week game night yeah. whether it's with friends or family settlers of Catan is just like such an easy mm-hmm. like go to right well, and i think it's a really a really cool way to bridge the gap between like the traditional Milton Bradley Parker Brothers type board games mm-hmm. into like the more dorky like right. you know the the more fringe games you know like um Arkham Horror is not a game i would want to bring to my parents house no. however if i could get them to play settlers of Catan and understand that and how that breaks down, I might be able to go a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. and a little bit deeper until eventually, like, you know, my dad's playing the the paranormal investigator. And, you know, like, you know, these are things like trickily, sneakily down the road I'd love to get them into. I just don't think they're quite ready for that yet. Like I said, Settlers of Catan is is your gateway into nerdier, more complex, more fun things. If it weren't for Settlers of Catan... I would have never gone to Gen Con. Right. I would have never gotten into board games in general, yeah. which would not, ha- which would have not probably allowed me to make the friends I needed to make to play tabletop games or to LARP. Yeah. And so, really, I kind of owe a lot to Settlers of Catan. And and you know, like I said, it's it's a really awesome game. Also, a side effect of our excursion yesterday mm-hmm. was we went to this place called Center Point Brewing, mm-hmm. and. Like you and I, we're not drinkers. No. However, I had was like, oh, I'll have a beer. I'm at a brewery. Mm-hmm. You know, that's cool. But um, we had kombucha. Yeah. And so I've been like an ardent anti kombucha person since the first time I tried it. Me too, because it was nasty. Yeah, because I was like, this tastes like garbage. This right. is awful. 
but I guess on a whim. Right. I got know. kombucha because I was driving. I was like, well, I, w- I don't want to be the only one without a beverage. So I'll just, I'll try the kombucha. And the guy's like, it's really good. It's very citrusy. He's like, it's really good. I think it was Circle City Kombucha. Uh, there's like a kombucha place that made it that they were selling there on tap. I think that's what it was called. I could be yeah. wrong. Anyway. It was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. And was I was so really, good. I was like, okay, if the kombucha I'd had the first time I had kombucha was like this, I wouldn't be dogging it out. Right. I would be advocating for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was really good. Um, Center Point was a cool place. It was really wide open. They had a lot of board games there. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a big screen TV. They sell some bagged snacks and they have pinball machines. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking for a cool place in Indy, I would definitely check it out. Take your friends. Yeah. They're board game friendly. You know, we were totally cool. And it was pretty packed when we got there, but we were able to set the game up, play it with five people. And, you know, it was yeah. a it was a chill time. Yeah. And, and a was, very cool was your place. beer good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the beer yeah. was really good. Um, you could ask me what kind I had. Mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a knowledgeable beer guy. You had so. an IPA of some sort. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, it was it was delicious. Whatever yeah. it was, it was good. So. Yeah, they had a lot of good stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Don't ask me to tell you about the beer because the beer was beer. So um, one thing you may have noticed since you moved here, Indianapolis is a beer city. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's, there's breweries a, everywhere. Yeah. Well, and the other cool thing about this place is... There's a lot of space in Indy that's very old that instead of just like tearing down, they've like cleaned up and repurposed. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those places. Like, I don't know what the place was before. Yeah, but it was some kind of factory industrial park. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, they really cleaned up the inside and like the outside had like enough of that like rust and industrially. Mm -hmm. 1930s kind of feel. Yeah, but it was like a really cool area. And, um, you know... It's it's like that a lot in Indianapolis. There's a lot of places like that. There are old factories, old warehouses, and they're just not in use anymore. And now they're making them like retail spaces and, and you know, homes and apartments and offices. And yeah. I think that that's really cool that this city is able to take those old spaces and instead of just tearing them down, they're like remembering kind of where they came from. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those spaces are really cool. Like the Stutz building, that's like one of my favorite things in Indy. Right. And it's basically just an office building. Right. But it's like... It's an old car factory, right. You yeah. walk through it and you can kind of feel that old car factory feel. And I love that shit. Like right. I love the ghosts of the past. That's right. You know, that's... Um, I like to go and explore old abandoned warehouses and, you know... Yeah, so that kind of reminds me. Um, we've got a couple trips coming up. Um, one to Austin in yeah. November because we're going to go to the night in question. So, yeah, like, um, and and I hope that we can go out to L.A. sometime next year as well. So if, if there's any, like, cool old buildings any of our listeners know about. Uh, if there's any cool old buildings that any of our listeners know about. Yeah, then uh, you let us know and, and we'll go check them out. It totally threw me off my game. Oh, uh, like, okay. I don't know where we were. You're going to have to figure it no, out. But, yeah, but we've got yeah, some trips coming yeah. up. So, you know, if, if you if there are any cool old spaces in, in your city, um, let us know about them. We're going to be going to Austin. We'll be going to, I think, is, is Midwinter in Milwaukee? Yeah, it's in Milwaukee. Yeah, and we're. Going, I don't know exactly where in Milwaukee at this point, but yeah, but it's in Milwaukee, and then probably we'll be taking a trip out to Los Angeles sometime next year. So, if there's any cool like places like that that you'd say, oh, if you're coming here, you definitely got to check it out. Let us know. Yeah. Um, so I think we're also really big on regional food too. So you know, if you're in an area like 
we want to go when we go to Austin. Like, obviously, we want to try some barbecue, right? Because we have to, because it's Texas, right? But I'm also really interested in the the whole breakfast burrito thing, because apparently, like, that's kind of a big deal in Austin. Breakfast burrito, breakfast yeah. tacos. Yeah. So, if anybody's out there and they're like, "Hey, this is a place where you gotta go," or "This is like a little off the beaten path," or "This mm-hmm. is a place where you gotta try to eat," let us know. And I mean, the same goes for like Chicago, right? We right. we go back there every once in a while. We're going in like a week. Um, we're going to go and um, we're going to, we've probably talked about this a little bit already, but like, I'm going to share the experience of the Chicago style hot dog. Right. And hopefully I'm going to also get the opportunity to like share some actual Chicago pizza, not, yeah. not Chicago style pizza, not right. deep dish pizza. Cause truth be told. Mm-hmm. Deep dish pizza is kind of like holiday pizza, right? We don't like people from Chicago don't really eat deep dish pizza very often. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're going to we're going to try to like record some little videos from our yeah. phones and share them on YouTube and, you know, see what people have to say. But yeah, like we want to do that, like yeah. f- games and 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 you know video games and board games and movies like that's not all that moves us right like, so so we want to share stuff with each other but we also want to learn and continue to grow together yeah. and so you know if you guys have stuff you want to share with us that would be awesome um so coming up next week we do have some travel over the holiday for those of you outside of the united states it's a labor labor day holiday so um, both nate and i have some time off work so we're going to go visit family we probably won't be recording a podcast but we're still going to be doing some research so to try and uh, make the most of our time, uh, what we're going to do is Nate is going to dig into the long boxes and find me some either some some Deadpool comics or some Punisher comics. I'm going to read through those, mm-hmm. and then we're going to listen to Harry Potter on audiobook on the drive up and back from yeah. Chicago. This is a major step for me because yeah. I essentially have intentionally, on purpose, ignored Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like this is going to be another instance where you need to like chill the fuck out and just be a little <laughs> well, open-minded. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> of course. I mean, I, I, I think that's really like the whole goal of the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, these are things that I was like, fuck Harry Potter. I don't care about Harry Potter. But like, it's something you enjoy. The books are on my, I'm, you know, on, on our shelf. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to open my mind and go, okay, well, what's all the hubbub about? Right. And make a really educated statement instead mm-hmm. of one where it's just like, uh, disregarding it for no reason other than I just don't, you know. Right. So we're going to listen to it on audiobook um, or like, you know, uh, digitally uh, on our drive back from Chicago um, and to Chicago. And uh, it'll be the first book. So it's not going to be the most entertaining Harry Potter book, but it's the first one. And so it's yeah. going to set the stage for the rest of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say the way that we're listening to it through because they're not a sponsor of this podcast but you can probably guess what service i'll be using to to listen to that um and then uh yeah and then probably that will be our next episode is some kind of comic yeah physical comic well we're going to be talking about the punisher right punisher okay yeah we're going to be talking about the punisher because i feel like if anything is the antithesis of of harry Harry potter Potter. (laughs) (laughs) and and it's like something that i really love Mm -hmm. it's the punisher luckily i've got a bunch of like graphic novels that you know so i can just hand you a graphic novel or two perfect and just let you read through yeah like you know welcome home frank or like you know something of that nature here's the thing about me reading books hard yeah not hard uh, takes a long time. Right. It has to be quiet. Can't have much distractions. Takes a lot of effort on my part. Reading comics, I can read the words, 
if they get jumbled around or they move or skip, no big deal. Look at the picture, take a breath, go back to the words. And I don't really have to read the words so much or understand them 100% because there's pictures. So I love comics. So that's awesome. And I'm really excited about that. And then probably in the episode after that, we'll do a recap of, you know, the the food, sharing different types of food with each other. And that will kind of accompany um, maybe whatever we're able to post on YouTube. So we've got a couple episodes coming up that we have planned. And then Mm -hmm. after that, we'll see. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Rachel, for indulging me and playing Skyrim. And also, thank you for introducing me to a game that I would have otherwise been completely disregarding. Um, And I had a ton of fun. And uh, I hope that you had even a fraction of the amount of fun that I've had playing Skyrim. I definitely did. And I'm probably going to go sit down and play a little bit of Skyrim right now. Cool. Well, I'm going to wrap it up here and then I'm going to go back and edit out all my farts. Okay. And uh, (laughs) like I said, they're missing out on the smells. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you have any feedback for us, if you have uh, suggestions on stuff we should talk about Mm -hmm. in future episodes, if we love them, We'll talk about that. Definitely. Rate us on iTunes if you can access yeah. us on iTunes. Yeah. We, we, by the time this is up, we, we should be available on iTunes. You may be able to find us now in all of your favorite podcast uh, uh, aggregators and whatnot. Um, all right. Well. All right. We, well, we never know. Like, it's always so hard to end these things, but we're going to go. Thank you yeah. guys for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, folks. This is Rachel from UtilityMuffinLabs.com you enjoyed the playing hooky podcast think about supporting us for more podcasts art videos and gaming go to utilitymuffinlabs.com follow our podcast on twitter at hooky podcast on instagram and facebook at our utility muffin labs name and support us on youtube at utility muffin labs check out our other gaming related podcasts 25 years of vampire the masquerade and the nerd words podcast thank you all for your support utility muffin labs consistently rated adequate <laughs> <laughs>